This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 178. Well, good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show focused on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books, from epic fantasy to space opera, swords and sorcery, military sci-fi, you name it. We bring you the best and brightest of the authors in the fantasy and sci-fi world here to you each week on the show. All right, let's jump in. Uh, First off with my author update, I'm getting ready to start up a brand new project right now that's going to take me out through the rest of the year. It's a unique twist on what might be considered a typical urban fantasy that I think folks are really going to look forward to and enjoy. And I'll have a little bit more about that in future episodes here of the podcast. So you want to stay tuned for other updates. Of course, you can always check out for more information about what I'm up to, including sneak peeks of upcoming covers, special giveaways. I also have um, occasional drops of chapters and little segments of things I'm writing, all available for you over in my special reader group over on Facebook, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. And you can find that over at Facebook if you just search for it or um, over at my blog, jamiedavisbooks.com. I look forward to hearing from you in either location, and I try to make sure to get back to everybody that leaves a message. So don't be shy. Go ahead and get in touch with me. Okay, this week on the show, I interview author Gemma Clatworthy. Gemma loves writing and started publishing her stories during the 2020 coronavirus lockdown. As well as her debut urban fantasy series, Rise of Dragons, she writes children's books and has a craft blog. She lives with her family and their two cats in Wiltshire in the United Kingdom. And in her spare time, Gemma enjoys crafts of all kinds and playing board games. She's also one of the amazing authors, myself included, appearing in the uh, urban fantasy short story anthology, Summer Solstice Shenanigans. And that's available for you out there right now. So get it as ebook or get the paperback. It's a great read with 25 amazing urban fantasy stories for you to check out. Okay, let's jump into my interview with Gemma. That's coming right up. Gemma Clatworthy, it's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So I'm, I'm excited to have you here because you're one of the great authors that got included in the Summer Solstice Shenanigans Anthology. So that's part of the reason I had you on. But I also wanted to talk to you about your Rise of Dragons universe and things you have going on there and, and just uh, writing in general. So um, why don't you start off by just introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, and first, let me say uh, thank you for having me on. I mean, there are some fabulous authors in that anthology, so it's a real privilege to be uh, among them. Um, so so I'm Gemma Clatworthy. I'm uh, UK-based. You might be able to tell from my accent. I'm British. Uh, and I live in Wiltshire in the UK, which is about two hours west of London. Um, and I write children's books and urban fantasy. And in my kind of limited spare time, I've got a young family and I enjoy crafting and playing board games, uh, which I realize this is a, a podcast, so people won't be able to see. But behind me on the screen when I'm talking to Jamie as my kind of big board game collection. Uh, so, yeah, there's quite a few there. <laughs> 
And I can attest to the fact there are quite a few board games up there. That's impressive. Um, uh, you, my family are big game players too. We play cards, we play board games, we, we play party games. We're, we're all into playing all sorts of games. So I completely get it. That's a great way to pass time. Yeah, we love it. We try and me and my other half try and sit down about once a week. Uh, but he he designs board games in his spare time. So we we just love it. <laughs> That's that's an awesome thing. You got two creatives in the house. Do you, does that does that ever cause you two to like butt heads over who does what and when? Um, it can be a bit tricky to kind of schedule evening times because uh, one of us has to be around for for the kids as well. Um, but no, it's really good. I really enjoy. Um, we both have a lot of creative energy, so sometimes one of us has ideas and we like to bounce it off the other one. So yeah, it works really well for for that. That's fantastic. And and I have to say your ideas are amazing because you, the idea you came up with for the short story is just genius. Um, so it's called um, Summer Solstice in Swindon. And it, for people that don't know Swindon, England, why don't you explain the significance of why you picked Swindon? So I picked Swindon for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that it's a large town near where I live um, and I did spend some time living there. So I do know it. Uh, so I like to think it's it's ridden with love. Um, it's also not a very magical town, if I say that. It's quite, uh, you know, quite a lot of concrete, uh, not a great shopping center and stuff. Uh, it also has this feature, which it's probably best known for, which your listeners should definitely Google pictures of, uh, which is called a magic roundabout um and that that is a real thing and it features in my story as well and I'll, I'll attempt to describe it for you so if you imagine one massive roundabout roundabouts are the circular things that you drive around for um people who don't know what they are uh and then it is surrounded by five smaller mini roundabouts so basically any car can go in any direction and it is absolute chaos. Um, and I thought that would be, a, you know, why why would anyone design anything like that? And obviously it's a magical seal preventing a, a demon from escaping into our world. <laughs> Which, of course, makes so much more sense than whatever the traffic planners had in mind. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a reason behind that craziness, right? <laughs> why not magic? <laughs> <laughs> and I will second the motion that you should all look up the Swindon traffic circle or Swindon magic circle. It, it is a true thing to see the overhead shots of it will make your head spin. You'll be trying to figure out like, well, if I come in here, I go around this, then I go. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I know. Well, pity those of us who have to drive it. <laughs> Well, better you than me, because, of course, I'd be on the wrong side of the road and then on the wrong side of the car because, you know, everything's backwards for, for each of us in our own countries. And so it would just be pandemonium if I were in there. Yeah, I mean, I think pandemonium, pandemonium is a pretty good way to describe it anyway. <laughs> so you actually wrote this um, short story as a, a related story to your Rise of Dragons series. And you picked a side character to kind of be the featured character in this short story. And I have to say, I, I enjoy her. I'd actually like to see her. I think she could stand alone in her own series. She, she certainly holds, the, holds uh, the, the attention span in this short story very well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so should I explain a bit about her? 
So her name is Agent Jones. She's she's pretty kick-ass. Um, I'm not going to lie. And she, you know, she takes control of situations. And her job is um, she she runs a team in the magical liaison office, which is um, a, a branch of the government that tries to um, diffuse tensions between magical and mundane beings, uh, mainly by covering up big scale magical events such as demons uh, coming out of the, the ground. Um, and she's also a lynx shifter. So she ha- does have some abilities, uh, although she's, you know, she hasn't quite come to terms with that. There, um, But yeah, I, I found her really fun. Um, sort of since I wrote her into my Rise of Dragons series, uh, she comes in right at the end of book one. And um, she features a lot more in book two. And actually, it's funny you say you want to know more about her because I've decided to do a bit of a spin-off slash book four of the series is actually her as the main character. Um, so, yeah, she she was really fun to write about. And uh, I just love she has no patience. And yeah, like I said, she she kicks ass. <laughs> she definitely does. And I'm curious where you came up with the idea for a Lynx shifter, because that's such a unique cat to choose. Um, I think I've, the most unique shifter type I've chosen is um, I had um, wear badgers in, in a <laughs> book I wrote, um, which was kind of fun to have, you know, just um, really moody, um, quick to anger <laughs> shifter types. I love the idea of wear badgers. That's fantastic. Um, well, I came up with the idea for lynxes, uh, mainly because I, I love the kind of big cats and the more unusual big cats, so like lynxes. And then my books were all set in the UK. So I also wanted to think about, oh, well, what what type of big cats would there be in the UK? We, we don't have a lot of natural ones, but um, there were lynxes up in Scotland uh, kind of in, as an indigenous species. So I thought, oh, well, maybe it's not too far of a stretch that there might be some shifters who've survived into modern times. Um, although I should say she, she's not Scottish kind of, you know, that she doesn't have an accent or anything that I'm trying to write in. Uh, but yeah, that was sort of a, a little bit of my thinking behind choosing a lynx. No, it's great. And, and she, you know, the, the shifting back and forth is fun to, to see how she does that and, and how she, I, you know, you, you explain how, like, where did the clothes go and stuff? You figured all that out. Cause I, I just kind of gloss over that. I just figure it all goes in. Like, I'm like you, I think the clothes shift with the person and come back with the person. So we don't have a bunch of naked shifters running around. Um, we're not writing paranormal romance, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that was it. I thought, you know, if if shifters exist, like how much of a pain would it be <laughs> if you turn and you turn back and you're in a modern day setting with no clothes on? That's really hard to explain. Um, so, yeah, my my shifters uh, have the ability to come back clothed. <laughs> It's an important skill. I mean, when you're right. I mean, it would just be awkward. I mean, it explains. And that's, of course, how we know that that's how shifters work, because we just don't see random naked people running around the streets. So the shifters must change back with their clothes. Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, what, what else are they doing? They're like shifting back where they can get clothes? That, that seems much more far-fetched to me. Yeah, they'd be, they'd be in the, um, the, local, the local mall or the supermarket or something. Yeah, a wear badger just walking around till it finds a, a clothes shop it likes. <laughs> can I ask you a question about your wear sure. badger? Go ahead. Because I love that idea. Um, how big 
is your wear badger when it is in badger form? Is it like a normal badger size or is it a massive badger? It's like a, it's like a big badger, but not as big as a person. So all the wear badgers are kind of small people. Um, um, and so, you know, they're, they're, and, and the way I explain that is they're actually, they're, they're clans of miners. So historically they've been the people that have worked in the mines and because they're badgers and they like digging holes and things. So, you know, um, but yeah, so they're, they're bigger than, they're bigger than regular badgers, not quite as big as the people they are when they're standing upright. That's really cool. I love that you've thought it all through. I love talking to authors because there's so much going on like, in their heads all the time about how they explain stuff in their world. I find it amazing. That's in my um, Huntress clan saga. And she um, she runs into this badger clan because she meets the matriarch of the clan. And the woman is just, you know, takes no nonsense from this young, this young huntress who, you know, thinks she's just all that. And, and, you know, this, this wear badger matriarch is just, has, will have none of that. She doesn't, doesn't, isn't impressed and doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to take orders, any of that stuff. So it's a lot of fun. To, it was a lot of fun to write that confrontation. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I love the sound of that character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's great. Um, so the Rise of Dragons series, the main character is uh, a half dwarf. Yeah. Yeah, so so in my kind of Rise of Dragons universe, very grand word, uh, but in that series, um, magical and mundane beings do coexist and they do know about each other. So so magic isn't hidden um, and they do interbreed as well. So she's half dwarf, half human. Um, and yeah, she, you know, she's a jeweler. She runs a jewelry shop um, in, in a popular arcade in Cardiff and she just wants a quiet life. But then her best friend, who is a gnome, gets kidnapped and she's sucked into this world of uh, crazy cultists who want to raise dragons. And yeah, so she she has to do um, a bit of growing up and a bit of getting tough quick. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's it sounds it sounds like a, there's a lot going on there because she's got, you know, she's got the typical dwarf, you know, she, I, I think being a jeweler would be a good job for a dwarf. You know, that would be, you know, picking, picking jobs, you know, handling metal and, and jewels yeah. and things like that. So that's perfect. And then, you know, to have a gnome friend to get kidnapped and, and have to get sucked into that whole thing. And, um, I love, I love whenever you can work dragons into the story. Um, well, you know, I, I have dragons in one series and it's always been something I've wanted to work in. And so when I figured out a way to do it, it was just, I instantly had to like jump on it. So, um, dragons are fun. I love dragons. And, um, so Wales, which is uh, where Cardiff is the capital of, um, is the land of dragons. It's got a dragon on the flag. Um, so yeah, as soon as I was thinking of an urban fantasy series, I, I knew I wanted dragons in it. I knew I wanted it to be set in Wales and yeah, it just all goes from there. And I, I just hope that the people of Cardiff also uh, feel that my stories are done with love because there are some famous monuments that may get kind of a bit destroyed, <laughs> um, which I'm sorry about. But uh, yes, it is all done with uh, kind of a lot of love for the city. Do, do you have a disclaimer that says no actual monuments were harmed in the writing of this book? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I would do, except in book two, this isn't kind of a massive spoiler or anything. Um, so when I went to university, there were some very ugly steps to our student union, concrete, really, I didn't appreciate them at all. Um, and recently, the university has taken them down and replaced them with some more modern, better looking kind of steps up to the student union building. Uh, so in book two, um, those steps, the old steps actually get destroyed by a dragon in my world. Uh, so then they can be rebuilt with these nice new steps. But nobody was <laughs> mourning the old ugly steps, I'm sure. I, I don't think so. Well, I don't think good. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, that actually brings me around to, you know, writing, writing your stories in a modern world, you have to incorporate real places and, and, and things that are, that are going on. But I love that you worked in an actual thing, you know, item like that, that was going to be destroyed and destroyed in your story. So, it, you know, and then the cover up, of course, is no, we were going to replace the steps anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I really like playing with kind of the real world element of it and the fantasy. I think that's one of the great things that we get to do in the urban fantasy genre that, that you don't get to have as much fun with um, in maybe like high fantasy or something like that, where you're creating a world from scratch. So, um, so yeah, I like to try and work in just some, um, I mean, not realistic maybe, but just some fun alternatives to, to why some things might be replaced or changed. Now I have to bring up, I, I, we, we talked on our clubhouse chat the other day and, um, I didn't bring this up. I wanted to, and we ran out of time, but the, the police officers in the short story crack me up. I, I don't know if you intended them to be kind of sort of humorous. They, they just, I feel, I, I feel like they're just standing there watching it all happen and just standing there like, just like, Oh, Oh, there's a demon. No, there's, you know, it's, it's just, and, and because the little side comments, they conversations they have with agent, it's agent Jones, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Agent Jones. They, um, the, the little side conversations they have with her in a couple of spots just make me laugh. I'm really glad they make you laugh. So, so I don't think I'm a very kind of comedic, uh, writer, but I do like to put in a lot of sarcasm and kind of uh, irreverence, I guess. Uh, I don't take myself too seriously and my characters, uh, I don't take them too seriously either. So um, yeah, they're, they're, they're completely out of their depth, those uh, police officers. So they, so I don't know if you know, but in the UK, police officers don't tend to carry guns. Uh, it's kind of, they have tasers and they have um, batons for want of a better word, I'm sure someone will correct me on, on some terminology there. Uh, so I was kind of like, mm, well, if there's something magical going on, uh, and uh, I mean, at, at the first encounter is kind of with a giant 10-legged spider creature. So if you see that and you've got a taser <laughs> and a baton, and then someone else comes along who's like, yeah, I can handle this situation. You know, I, I think you kind of, you would stand back and, and just let that happen. So yeah, they, they're there for traffic control and, and not much else. <laughs> well, I mean, you can just see the conversation between the police officers, right? Well, tase it. No, you hit it with the stick. I mean, it's just not going to work. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're well, they're very happy when, uh, <laughs> when someone else can take care of that. Now, um, Agent Jones has a sidekick in the in the story. Does does the sidekick carry over to the um, the main series as well? Because I know the sidekick's a, pl a plain old ordinary human. Yeah, he is. So uh, so Maxie, public schoolboy, who I you know is, he has a 
place in my heart um, as just kind of <laughs> this crazy character, real caricature of a kind of Etonian public schoolboy. Um, and yeah, he he is in the series as well. So he's part of Agent Jones's team um, and the, well, the kind of the short story in the anthology explains how she ends up in Cardiff. Um, and then he, I mean, I won't really spoil it, but he does end up joining her team there as well, even though they start off in a different branch of this magical liaison office. But yeah, I, I love him. He's kind of, he's clever, but stupid at the same time. So he can speak Latin and, and things like that, but he's, um, yeah, if you just imagine someone who kind of goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the voice in my head when, when he's speaking. <laughs> well, and voices in your head is so important because that's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, one of the things I like to do is I cast my characters. So I, I think of an actor or actress and in a specific role. So it's, it's their character in, in that role, not necessarily the actress themselves. And, and it's important because it gives me a frame of reference, whether, whether it's personality ticks or the way they talk or mannerisms. Um, it just gives me somewhere instant to go to. But you've got to really be able to see or, and or hear your character in your head because it puts you in the frame, right frame of mind to write them. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you're switching between characters as well, so if you've got different books and different series, um, yeah, it really helps to have them clear in your mind. So I actually have some character sheets, um, you know, like D&D style character sheets, um, not in quite in that format, but um, that I write for for each of my main characters. And then they kind of expand as I go through as well and write the story. I'm like, oh, they they do that. Okay. So actually, um, you know, they they have this particular quirk and I need to write in more of that to make them more of a diverse character uh, but I love the idea of um, trying to find an actor or a character that an actor or actress has played that would um, uh, yeah be the star I think that's a brilliant way to do it so who did you imagine playing the lead in your short story it's funny we didn't we didn't actually cast that one I co-wrote that story with Nicole Grotipus and she um so the way we did it was we, we, we plotted the story together, but I really let her take the lead on the first draft of writing. So um, Cass is really, you know, a character that Nicole came up with. And I think it's loosely based on her sister because her sister is a, um, a forensic pathologist. And, and so she, she kind of got the idea to set the, to set the story in a morgue. Um, because of the work her sister does. Um, so I think, I, I don't know what her sister looks like, never seen her, never seen a picture of her, but I, I, I think that maybe Cass Cameron is loosely based on Nicole's actual sister in that situation. Um, but yeah, I've had, I've had all sorts of characters. Um, I have a favorite character um, that is based on um he's a frumpy middle-aged vampire he got turned around the age of like 45 50 and so he's kind of stuck there and um he's 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 comic relief in in one of my series he just always kind of shows up at the right time when things are way too serious and and says something ridiculous and and everybody kind of laughs um but he's based on the character um eric i think it's eric church street his he's the character He's the guy who plays Cameron in Modern Family. So um, if I don't know if, oh, yeah. if you can picture yeah, yeah, him, the I've kind of big that. round, you know, 
jovial kind of fellow. And um, so that's who I picked um, to be the, um, to, that when I, when I picture Gibby, I picture him. And, and it seems to fit perfectly in that role. Just kind of comedic and a little bit of a buffoon sometimes, but well-meaning and good-hearted and things like that. Oh, that's great. I'm, uh, I'm going to be able to picture that now when I read one of your stories. Well, there you go. A well, if you, well, if you read my Extreme Medical Services series, that's the series about the paramedics for the supernatural. And um, Gibby figures strongly in the first couple of books there because he, 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 he has a run of bad luck with a girlfriend and, and she th- keeps thinking he's cheating on her. So she keeps trying to stake him with random pieces of wood. And they keep coming and showing up to take the wood out and, you know, things like that. So uh, poor Gibby, he's, he's always, he's a hopeless romantic. Aww. Aww. Yeah, exactly. So you can picture it, right? Cause you know what he looks yeah, I like. Can. See? So that's how it works. Um, so, you know, there's, um, as, as we get out of the pandemic and hopefully things start to settle down, we're going to be able to get out in the world and see people again and maybe interact with our readers face to face. But until then, where's a good place for folks to catch up with you and connect? Uh, so you can find me on my website, which is www.gemmaclatworthy.com. And Clatworthy is C-L-A-T for tango and then worthy like the name, well, just like the word worthy. Uh, you can find me on the usual socials. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook again as Gemma Clatworthy. Uh, and if you subscribe to my newsletter, you can get a free short story uh, about how Amethyst, the protagonist of the Rise of Dragons series, gets her shop in Cardiff and sorts out a cobalt problem around there. Excellent. Well, I, I know people are going to look forward to, to getting that short story because if they've read the Summer Solstice Shenanigans anthology and found gotten to your story in there, um, they're definitely going to want to get that free short story because it, it is gold. And again, don't forget, folks, right now, as soon as you're done the podcast, if you're on your phone, just Google it. We're looking for the Swindon Traffic Circle. Um, <laughs> look it up and you'll see exactly why it could only be the seal on a demonic cage. Yeah. And, you know, comment me, find me on Instagram and, and tell me what you think. I'd love, I'd love to get people's reactions to, to seeing that for the first time. <laughs> Have you shared a photo of that on Instagram? I think that would be a fun thing to drop in there. Yeah, I have. I tell you what, I'll share another one um, when this goes out and uh, yeah, people can find me and comment on it. Excellent. Well, we'll definitely do that. Gemma, thanks so much for coming on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Um, It's been a blast chatting with you. Hopefully we can get together again sometime. Thank you. It's been brilliant to be here. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Make sure you check out everything that's coming up, um, especially for you over at the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Focus community on Facebook. And of course, over at fantasy-focus.com. Leave a comment over on this episode and let me know what's on your mind. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe to the show. There are links right there at the top of the page, right below where you see the audio players for each episode. Also, um, we have some pretty awesome authors coming for you in the next couple of months, and you won't want to miss our upcoming shows, including our next episode with author Patrick LeClerc. 
That's it for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook at Jamie Davis Books. And of course, in my reader group, Jamie Davis's Fun Fantasy Readers over on Facebook. Whatever you do, though, subscribe and come back here for the next episode. And in the meantime, don't forget to keep your eyes open out there, folks, because whether you know it or not, there's magic all around you.